right, so we miss you, Rowdy. Uh, All-Star break, obviously, was upon us. It was, I don't know, we call it, what, the doldrums, the, the dog days of summer. I'll try to get you caught up what you missed. Um, ben Kenny stunk at music trivia. He filled in great, though. Uh, RJ came in. He played uh, some golf. We talked about that. We talked some Badger football. Uh, I, we talked to Rob Reichel. He talked a long time, and he said this about one David Bakhtiari last Thursday. His knee is done. We asked Rob last Thursday, what do you think? Is, is David Bakhtiari going to be reporting for training camp? He goes, I give it 50-50. Well, guess what? David Bakhtiari is on the pup list. The physically unable to perform list. So Rob Reichel uh, gave it a 50-50. Turned out his 150% came up snake eyes. Bakhtiari not there. We'll have to get into the Green Bay Packers. Elton Jenkins also joining him on the pup list as well as he's also coming back from his tour. Yeah, but at least Elton Jenkins is... Didn't do it in 2020? Yeah, we've seen... Yeah, but we've also seen him working out and doing stuff. Yes, we have. Like, they're basically just saying with Elton Jenkins is he's probably not going to be ready at the start of the year, which makes sense when you tear your knee up in November. Yeah. Give him until at least, what, November until you're like, okay, it's been a year. Yep. He might even be back sooner. Yeah. Who knows? David McDiary did this the final day of 2020. Yeah. New By Year's the, Eve. This season won't be over and it'll be 2023. <laughs> And David Bakhtiari might, David Bakhtiari might be done. I mean, I've had a lot of people hitting me up. David Bakhtiari is done. Don't get your hopes up. He's done. He's done. He's done. As he continues to deal with those complications in that torn ACL, uh, he missed all but one game last season, uh, unable to play due to fluid built up in his knee. Thirty years old, spent the whole offseason rehabbing. Lafleur, Rowdy, Rowdy, how come if Aaron Rodgers goes up to the podium and says? Yeah, I've been immunized, and people want to chastise him and you know crucify him and and cancel him. Uh, how come Rodgers can say something like that, quote unquote, lie to us? But Matt Lafleur uh, in June says he fully expects David Bakhtiari to be ready for training camp, and then training camp comes around and he's on the pup list. How come Lafleur can go and lie to us, but Rodgers can't? You ever heard any of that? Well, that's because Lafleur's lie is acceptable. <laughs> But Rodgers, even though it's revolving himself, and listen, was a white lie. I don't even think it was a lie. You just had to re- Rowdy and I called out immediately Aaron Rodgers. We're like, I don't think he's been vaccinated, which, good for him. Who cares? Rowdy, LaFleur's lie is acceptable, but Rodgers is not. Explain well, yeah, that's be- obviously coaches have been doing this forever. Since the beginning of coaching And time. with the Aaron Rodgers, the media told you to be mad. Yeah, well, I never was, were you? No, I don't. No, I don't listen to the media. Do you? I don't consider us media, by the way. I consider myself media. Just <laughs> so that I can say that I'm on the same level with sports director Zach Heil oh, so, he, uh, so he can get upset. That's a good point. I always consider myself as an uh, enlightener, truth teller, and entertainer. Never media. But yes, it is nice to talk with Zach Heilprin. I actually identify as the man. The man. The man. Yeah, the man. <laughs> uh, who will not put those pronouns in his bio, though. The man. All right, Rowdy. So, yeah, uh, concerns about David Bakhtiari big time. And they had a bunch of people on the pop list, a bunch of names that are just like whatever. But the biggest one, obviously, David Bakhtiari. And then you got uh, Elton Jenkins, who I assume is going to be playing this season. When it comes to David well, Bakhtiari. all those though, other guys that tore their knees up the last year, they were all practicing. Mm-hmm. When it was in those training camps and mini camps, they were all there practicing. David Bakhtiari was sitting and watching. There, I remember one video where he was up like doing some like – 
some high knee walks or something like that. Not, it wasn't anything to get excited over. Yeah, but David Bakhtiari injured in practice December 31st, 2020. Took him more than a year uh, to return to that. What was it? Was it the Lions game? Where he played in 27 snaps? The last, uh, that was the last game of the season. Yeah, the Lions. His only action of the game. And then they thought maybe he'd be ready for the playoffs, but mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Packers held him out of all of OTA and minicamp practices this offseason, allowing uh, Bakhtiari to work with a group of players rehabbing from the injuries we were just talking about. And LaFleur again saying, quote, our plan all along was to hold him from offseason workouts and make sure he's continuing to get stronger and ready to go for training camp. Yeah, so David Bakhtiari, he's a cap hit of 35 or sorry, thirteen point four million this year. Oof. So you can't get rid of them. I mean, that's no, you can't. I saw people saying, "Cut them, cut them." You don't save much money by cutting David Bakhtiari. You're spending way more than what you would be saving. There is a potential out in 2023, but uh-huh. it's still a lot of dead cap. If you if you cut him right now, you're eating almost thirty six million dollars worth of money. If you cut him in twenty twenty three, so next season, you're still eating over twenty three million dollars. And then in the last year of his contract, twenty twenty four, when he's thirty three years old, if you cut him then, then you're still eating eleven and a half million. But he's making almost thirty three million. I don't know. You don't start saving more than what you're spending until next season. <sighs> and it's still yeah. closer to 50-50 then. That's tough right there. Yikes. So David Bakhtiari concerned. And then there's all, we'll get more into it, but also concerned on this, Rowdy. The second-round pick, rookie wide receiver Christian Watson, also beginning training camp on the PUP, the PUP, the physically unable to perform list. This wasn't because of his hands, though, right? No, I don't think so. We in a case of the dropsies, right? Stone hands is what you mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. I never read what exactly it was for Christian Watson. I just saw that he was on the pup list, and no, don't don't be concerned about it. So they have nine players on the list: David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, uh, Christian Watson. Was just talking about Robert Tunyon, uh, Mason Crosby, Dean Lowry. So yeah, but a lot of this it doesn't really. It, I mean, it's not a huge deal until all of a sudden you're still on the pup list and the season started. Yeah, then it's a big time deal because then you got to wait. What is it? Uh, is it six weeks? I know they changed the rule yeah. not too long ago, I but yeah, you exactly have to you have to wait a number of weeks. Um, and some of those guys never end up coming back. Correct. So who else is on there? Kylan Hill, Randy Ramsey, Patrick Taylor, and I'm going to butcher the name. Hawauti Patua. Is that right? All I know is that almost <laughs> all of the guys that you listed there, like Randy Ramsey, yeah. Kylan Hill, and who cares, Bob Tunyon, Elton Jenkins, they're all guys that tore their knees up last year. Yeah, some of them like Randy Ramsey. Um, he actually played. Patrick Taylor. Yeah, that's their fourth string like running, running back. back. Uh, Kyle, how 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 concerned are you about the likes of like a Kylan Hill? I mean, he looked decent in spring training. He had he had some juice in him. I mean, he was their kick returner until he tore his knee. Is him being a kick returner a good thing though for the special teams? I don't know. I mean, it was better than the alternative. That's true. He's a starter for a reason. That's true. So the men's I'm concerned about and ones you got a circle, um, mostly just David Bakhtiari. And I'm I wonder what's up with Christian Watson. I'm trying to figure out like what the injury designation is, Uh, but we'll get more to the bottom of that as the research department. Oh, that's why. Here it is. The Packers placed Watson undisclosed injury. 
on the active PUP list Friday. So th- there it is. It's undisclosed. All right. So, boys, David Bakhtiari, he is on the PUP list. Christian Watson on the PUP list, the pup list, uh, with uh, an undisclosed injury. Not really sure why uh, for Christian, Watch- uh, Christian Watson, but for David Bakhtiari, it is still battling that uh, ACL injury. Uh, Rowdy, we have talked about this, the Packers offensive line, one of their strong suits. Uh, the depth now, is it coming into question? Elton Jenkins also on the pup list. Is the depth now coming into question and the Packers – there uh, may be ease of winning the NFC North. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, this is the first. This is the first injury report. They don't. They don't start playing for over another what six weeks. Mm-hmm. Yep. I pump the brakes on saying, "Oh, is there no more depth at this team?" One, I feel like every single guy that they drafted on the offensive line is capable of potentially filling in. And we know that they already have a lot of guys that were already mainstays on that line the last couple of years. I feel like if you told me it's the first game of the season, Jenkins and Bakhtiari are not playing, the only position that I would be a little nervous about is left tackle. But we already saw that they have guys that can come in there and play pretty well. Yosh? I Yoshi the guy Nyman. played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, did. if you tell me that all of a sudden my third string left tackle is him, I feel okay about it's it. Pretty comfortable. I bet a lot of people feel would feel more comfortable with him being left tackle as the, the true third stringer behind the two that are down mm-hmm. than a lot of teams would feel comfortable about their second string. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Packers offensive line um, still don't understand why they kicked him from left tackle to right tackle in the playoff game, but I digress. Oh yeah, baby. Big sticks coming up for the Milwaukee Brewers after the all-star break. Uh, how it ended though was a little Mick clutching. Check it out. Here it is. Swing and drive in the center. Way back. Way back. Over the head. That would be the difference. Andrew McClutchin getting it done. This is crazy to me, and this is so un-Milwaukee Brewer-like that you brought up earlier in the show, Rowdy. McCutcheon's double came on a 3-2 pitch with two outs, followed a tying RBI single from Rowdy Telez, who also got a hit on a 3-2 offering with two outs. In fact, eight of the Brewers' 10 RBIs came on two-strike hits, and many of them with two outs. Have we, Rowdy, turned the page? Have we uh, got a new leaf for the Milwaukee Brewers after the All-Star break? They have scored 25 runs now in three games. A weird series against the Rockies, the fourth game coming tonight at 7-10. A Brewers now two and a half games up in the Cardinals for first place in the NL Central. Have we seen a, a, a reborn again Milwaukee Brewers after this break? Or is it, hey, it's three games since the All-Star break. Let's be easy. Pump the brakes here. It's three games it's against the Rockies. The Rockies are garbage on the road. If you go and look at at how good the Rockies have played this year on the road, they're one of the worst teams home road splits wise. They are 15 and 30 on the road this season, Ebo. Mm. Plus, they're a team that's clearly Mm. below 500 just in general. Okay, well, how about this? They They have a terrible bullpen. The starters aren't much better. And it's a team that doesn't win on the road. What did the Brewers do? 
Yeah, they scored a lot of runs, but that pitching. They've won three games. That pitching has given up a lot of runs. True. I think they were pretty lucky to win Friday night. They, they You'd tried. rather be lucky or unlucky? They tried not to win that game like three different times. Would you rather be lucky or unlucky? Would you rather win who or say, not win? Who says luck is a real thing? Would you, Some men make their own luck. Billy Zane, Titanic. Would you rather win or not win? Well, obviously you'd rather win. But what I'm saying is they're not playing the best competition and they're they're not outside of one game, they're really <laughs> they really haven't played that well. Like last night or yesterday afternoon was back and forth. Saturday they got a big win. Friday well, if, if if replay was actually replay, I don't know if they win Friday. So we're gonna talk some replay coming up here, but first let me ask you this before we get to this phone call. Can one man carry a Milwaukee Brewers offense? The delivery. Swinging a line drive out towards left center. Backing up. Way back. Gone again for Hunter Renfro. Third home run in as many days for the Brewers right fielder. Three piss missiles in three days, Rowdy. Can Hunter Renfro carry this Milwaukee's Brewers offense to the promised land? Now, one man, in my opinion, can truly truly carried the Milwaukee Brewers offense to where I think most Milwaukee Brewer fans would want to be outside of that though. I think there's not many on this team that I really do think can carry them for long term. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, even oh, who was that? I'm even blanking on his name. Oh, remember when they brought him up? Was it a couple of years ago? Billy, um, Billy Zane. No, I'm oh, sorry. I got Titanic on the brain. I can't even think of his name. He was, he was, oh, with Billy, the, Mc, uh, yeah, Billy, Billy McKinnon. Uh, I, yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah, Billy McKinnon. All I could think of was McMahon. I knew that wasn't right. Uh, he was there for was like that, what? A name? month and a half. And, and he got really freaking hot Billy, for like two weeks. Billy, the hell was his name? It's Billy something. Was it? Is, yeah. I can't, I couldn't think of, I could, yeah, but he was out for two weeks. Yeah. He was super hot for like two weeks. And then he was like a prospect to like McKinney. It was, it's something like that. I could only think of, I kept thinking of Billy, like McMahon. Yeah, Billy McKinney. Bill, there you go. Billy McKinney played for the Milwaukee Brewers in 2021. Yeah, he was he was a guy yeah. that was seen as like a, a big time prospect when he was coming up and then kind of like never really amounted Billy to Billy McKinney, there, he's on the well, A's he, now. He winds up in Milwaukee and was just crushing it for the Brewers for like two or three weeks. And then after like two months, remember he was shipped. Didn't he have like a, a, a grand slam on like 4th of July? Was that, am I misremembering something? No, I don't think he was even on the roster by July. I think you're, you always f- fall back to uh, Tyler Saladino. Oh, Tyler Saladino, the porn mustache. Yeah, you're right. I do. But like, he's a guy that, what's he, what's he doing? He, he carried that offense for like, Two weeks and it's like, who is this guy? Oh, he was a prospect that was supposed to be really good like seven years ago. Yeah, like I get like the Rowdy Telezes can carry the team maybe for a week or two. I get it. The one true guy that can clearly carry this team and put the offense where everyone wants it to be is Christian Yelich, and he really hasn't done that since 2019. Yeah. By the way, Tyler Saladino Rowdy uh, was last appeared in the Japan the K League in 2020. I don't think he's playing baseball anymore. Maybe yeah. he's working on his porn with that stash of his. But the guy that I think is the closest to what Christian Yelich has done in the past for the Milwaukee Brewers is a Hunter Renfro because he's got the pop. Yeah, I mean, we've seen Hunter it these, Renfro, these past three games. Yeah, pound for pound, 
he's a guy that will hit the most home runs and will be the most productive. And I was kind of thinking about this the other day over the weekend. It was like, do we think the Milwaukee Brewers need to change their lineup up a little bit? Hunter Renfro swinging a hot bat. And when he's been healthy, he's been pretty hot all season. Yes. He's been their most productive hitter when healthy. Yes. Colton Wong, all of a sudden since June, is hitting like 270. He was a guy that was toiling around in the low 200s and playing awful defense. All of a sudden, it seems like in the last month when healthy, he's starting to come around. Yeah. Do they need to retool that offense in in the order? Because Willie Adamas, yeah, he's been productive, but it's like he hits a home run or he doesn't get a hit. Isn't that kind of Major League Baseball, though? Rowdy Telez was super hot in a couple different st- stretches. But you look up and all he's only batting 230. Yeah. And those are your two, three in the order. Like you look at Christian Yelich, your top three guys, 250, 220, 230. Like that ain't in the ideal, it, like baseball molded offensive lineups. That's really not what you're looking for. Now, I know Christian Yelich gets on base. But does he get on base? I know that Willie Adamas has been very productive at the shortstop position hitting home runs. I know that Rowdy Telez was and carried the team for a couple different stretches for a week or two, mm-hmm. but is it? T- I mean, Andrew McCutcheon has been pretty steady this year. Like yeah, look said, at look at him yesterday. Renfro and Wong have been really coming around. Is it time to switch things up? Like, let's not get it twisted. It's not like Rowdy Telez has been a guy that hits three his entire life. No, he's a guy that he's hitting five six. Like he, he has the ability to get hot for like a I week or so. I personally would like to see Renfro batting in the top, like in that three, four, Remember five. Remember when he was batting like seventh and we were yeah. losing our minds? I mean, he still has been consistently down there. Yeah. It's not, it's not continually, you know, seven or eight, but I would like to but, see him three, four or five. I will keep talking about it. I know that it. they like to do their little righty, lefty, righty, lefty <laughs> thing, even though pitchers have to face three batter minimums now, and they kind of change the rule to kind of get away from that, but yeah. they still seem to want to abide by the righty, lefty, righty, lefty. Sure, 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 sure. So we'll, we'll keep in, and also a name floating out there that might be coming to the NL Central. First, line one. Good morning. Who is this? Tommy. Hey, Tommy. What's up, dude? Yeah, I mean... I mean, Rowdy just took my whole thunder there, which is fine. I mean, he's getting... Well, he's back from vacation. You know, he's feeling good. I mean, I was going to say the same thing about all that stuff. Um, I was kind of surprised at how many times we got the lead and then gave it up. So, and some of it's bad throws from the outfield. They've been a lot offline, and I don't know. Yeah, Yelly's looking tough again out there. I wish they would uh, deal with uh, just fundamentals more. The problem is they're dealing with journeymen. They get on a little hot streak for a little while, or young guys that get on a little hot streak for a little while. But they don't have the real hardcore, everyday three hundred hitter kind of people. There's not that many in baseball, but they need them. You know, so and they're pitching. It's like, oh my god, when all of a sudden, hater starts loading the bases up and all that. Stop it! So, well, it's, that's the beauty of sports, Tom. Is the dramatics of it all? And it is. I mean, the last few games have been nuts. I gave them up on Friday night. I gave it up and I went back to see what the final score was, and they were still playing, and I still couldn't stand for the end. Yeah, Renfro. Then, uh, yes, when Renfro started yesterday, it's like. They get up by three or two or something. I go, okay. And all of a sudden, they're down by two. <laughs> oh, man. And then they come back. It's, it's crazy. It was very, <laughs> the drama was just dripping everywhere, Tom, over the weekend, yes. The drama was amazing. But I also looked, and the um, Rockies are have the same record inverse of what the Brewers have. Instead of being like 10 over 500, they're 10 under. Mm-hmm. So now you go play somebody who's 10 over, 
and it can be the same thing. That's well, usually we feel like the Brewers play down to their level of competition and up to their level of competition. This time, they're yeah, just... Yeah, they've been letting the good guys really whip on them, though, so for the most part. Anyway. Hey, Tom, happy to report, though, two and a half games above the Cardinals for first place. Yeah, and, you know, that's all good. It keeps us excited about it. So, mm-hmm. power to us, boys. Have a good day. How are the people, Tommy? See you, buddy. I got a question for you. Yes. Have you ever, have you now, have you ever heard this name and, or do you know who this player is? Luis Arise. It sounds like someone's mispronouncing Luis Arias. But Luis Arise, I've heard you talk about him before. So you don't really know who he is though. It's what I'm getting at is our twin fans out there will know who he is. He's a really good hitter. I've heard, I've heard you talk about him a few times. This guy is batting 341 currently this season, and he's not a guy with a ton of pop. He'll probably hit like 8 to 10 home runs, but he's batting in the 340s, and he's a younger guy who pretty much all he's done since he was called up to the big leagues has hit the baseball at a high clip over 300. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? These, this is a type of player that doesn't exist anymore, but he exists in Luis Arise. In Minnesota. In Minnesota. In and what I'm saying is... In the bizarre world central. What if the Brewers had a pl- type of player like that that could... Like, he obviously would float right up to the top of your lineup. Yeah. The, the Brewers don't have anybody that hits for a, a high average. Like, who hits for a high average on the Brewers team? Mike Brasso? <laughs> really? Hey, he was productive in the eighth inning yesterday, Rowdy. But these Luis Arise type players hardly exist in Major League Baseball. If you would have looked 30 years ago, there's a lot God, more of these type of he's players. He's hitting 341, Luis Arise. 54 runs, 108 hits, five dingers, 33 RBIs. Yeah, two, two stolen bases. OPS but those at type of players don't really exist anymore because they're all becoming the, hey, let me hit 220 to 250. I'm going to swing as hard as I can. Yeah. I'm going to strike out 200 times. And if the ball goes over the fence 30 times, but look how good <laughs> I, I had a great year. Look at me, Skip. I hit the ball over the fence a couple times. Hell yeah. Yeah, this would be awesome. So, Rowdy, let's say... There was a move out there, and something we're going to dive into tomorrow when compare and contrast well, the two big players. Go back like year by year and look at like the highest batting averages, and you'll you'll have to go down like there was a time maybe twenty years ago you could find twenty different players that hit three hundred. Now, if you can find ten, it's a miracle. Yeah, I mean, no one bets. It's 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 rare, like Mister Clean with Hair. So, Rowdy, the NL Central, we. Almost got boomered last night. There was a tweet that you had sent myself and RJ. I didn't even respond. I smelled it out right away because it was like the guy's Twitter account was whatever. But No, he was a guy that, that does have some brewer coverage. He's kind of. He does. He's like the podcast guy, but once in a while they'll have credible sure, information. Oh, sure. well, this one, he uh, literally is just doing it for likes and retweets and follows because this, this is exactly what he did. So sources... Tell me that Juan Soto's chances of coming to Milwaukee are becoming, quote, very likely. Keep an eye on the Brewers with a little uh, over a week until the trade deadline. Then his next follow-up tweet is, guys, this is fake. I don't have any sources yet. Uh, No. Juan Soto, though, Rowdy, was linked to one St. Louis Cardinals. Did you see this making his rounds around Twitter? Uh, This is actually coming from uh, reputable sources, not some Jablonski on the Twitter sphere. Uh, Let's see, rivals believe that Cardinals are a potential front runner to trade for Juan Soto per John Heyman. 
when you see something like this, Juan Soto, can one player like a Juan Soto and then make the Cardinals the, well, they're already a threat to the Brewers, but give the Cardinals the NL Central over one Milwaukee Brewers team with one player in Juan Soto? I mean, if you look at what Juan Soto did last year, he struggled in the first half of the season, did the home run derby, got that swing back, and you look at how he finished that year, just white hot. If you bring in a Juan Soto and you throw him in on that St. Louis Cardinals team, you now all of a sudden have three guys that are MVP-type candidates. You have Nolan Arenado, who is the best third baseman in, in baseball, especially defensively, but he's up there in, towards the top offensively. Mm-hmm. You have Paul Goldschmidt, who is looking like he might win he NL MVP. MVP. He's also a you know perennial gold glove winner at first base. And then you bring in a Juan Soto, who has been an MVP candidate. Really? This is why I hate the Cardinals. They always win. It doesn't matter if they're bringing up a 23-year-old kid from the minor leagues you never heard of before. I guarantee you when they bring him up, he's going to be decent because that's what the Cardinals do. I hate the Cardinals because I envy the Cardinals. I yeah. wish the Brewers were the Cardinals. Mm. Yeah, we'd have some World Series rings, wouldn't we? World Series, consistent winners, basically in it to win it in the Central every single year. It's almost like there's hardly ever any rebuilding years. Now, besides some guy trying to get tweets or likes, retweets, and Twitter followers uh, using fake news, have you seen anyone linking the Milwaukee Brewers to one Juan Soto? Not seriously. No. No, like at the beginning when the the rumors were out there that Juan Soto was going to be traded, like the Brewers made the list. But so did like 10 other teams. Yeah. No, nothing exclusive like, hey, it's the Cardinals. Or like, hey, down to two or three teams and the Cardinals being one of them. Brewers I've never seen mentioned anywhere. hey, you, Juan Soto, come to Milwaukee. You'll love it here for uh, peanuts, pennies on the dollar. Uh, The Nationals, the Washington Nationals, are fielding preliminary offers for Juan Soto. Seven teams already weighing in, including three in the NL West. The Mariners, the Padres, the Giants, the Dodgers, the Cardinals, the Yankees, and the Mets. Trade deadline August 2nd. Nats say, though, they're going to wait as much and long as they can to get the right deal. Yeah, I really haven't heard much on any front for the Milwaukee Brewers for, like, a big name. I, I think the one that I continuously see probably the most is Andrew Benatendi with the Kansas City Royals. Yeah. I know that they... They briefly were linked on like tweets or articles to like Brandon Drury or uh, Reynolds out in Pittsburgh, but I haven't heard over and over more news on that. The one that I've heard the most, like I said, is Andrew Benatendi, where it's been multiple people for multiple weeks. But I like Andrew Benatendi. I think he's a good player. I'd love to see him with the Milwaukee Brewers playing center field, but I don't know if they'll actually do it. And I know to what be they're honest, gonna do. I don't know if that's really a needle mover as in this team going from winning the Central to winning the World Series. I'd like to see him do it. I like Ben Attendee. I don't think it's a needle mover to winning a World Series. Yeah. Fuller uh, tweeted us or messaged us, Rowdy, and said, if the Cardinals get Juan Soto, we have to pray, pray for at least, well, for a wild card spot for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, and my response was, and you know that the Cardinals are going to lock him up long term, too, because th- that would be the dumbest thing ever to trade for Juan Soto for basically, what, two and a half years max? Yeah. You're not just going to let him go. So it would be 
two years max and then you trade them or you're going to lock them up long term. I think if you're going to make a deal like that, you would have to be planning on locking the guy up long term. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, like I said, you have three MVP type candidates that not only are they good offensively, they're good defensively. The Cardinals just keep winning. Well, speaking of the Cardinals, our guy Secondhand Smoke John just tweeted at us, and I I completely agree, Secondhand Smoke John. Uh, a, that yes, I do miss the smell of secondhand smoke in restaurants, and B, he says we need to send our guy Jermichael on a con mission to do whatever it takes to prevent the Cardinals from getting Juan Soto. Becker, who lives in enemy territory, Rowdy, hates the Cardinals more than anything. I think he hates them more than the Cubs. So, correct. Becker, who is down in Missouri, we need to uh, make sure he does whatever it takes to thwart the efforts of the Cardinals to get one Juan Soto. What that may be, I'm not sure. Uh, we'll we'll figure it out, though, with Becker. He's a, he's a very ch- conniving guy. I think we might have to bone him up on, like, his computer programming and hacking type uh, yeah. skills because I don't know if he's very proficient in that. I don't think he is. And I don't have the expertise to help him. Well... I know he knows his way around some golf courses down there, and I feel like some of those uh, Cardinals, especially the front office, probably go golfing a lot. Uh, maybe we f- we find a way to sabotage him somehow there on the golf course. Uh, all right, so, Nelly, real quick before we get into some instant replay here in uh, Major League Baseball, as robots continue to just ruin everything. My assumption for the Milwaukee Brewers come trade deadline August 2nd is that they're going to be signing a thirty young 30-year-old uh, reliever with an ERA of around three. And they'll milk the best out of him. Well, I got this message. Our guy, Corey and Marshall, said, here's your move, Ebo, over the weekend. I went and looked at the stats. The, the ERA is a little, little high than what uh, I was thinking when it comes to the Milwaukee Brewers. The age is close. What do you know about Jake McGee, 34-year-old who was cut by the San Francisco Giants? The Brewers uh, signed him. He sits Jake McGee. 24 appearances with a grizzly, 7.17 ERA, as the Brewers are going to give him a major league deal. I, You know, I actually like this move. I think it's Is this move. the move? Is this it? Yeah, this is this is it. I mean, he did, he did win a World Series in 2020. He is in his early to mid-30s. The ERA usually is around 3 to 4. This guy is 7.17. He, he was on the Dodgers in 2020, so technically he is a World Series champion. But no, I think uh, the thing with Jake McGee is where most people would know his name is he was with the Rays, and then he was uh, a closer with the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. But more recently... He was actually a pretty good closer last year for the San Francisco Giants. And it was kind of like a, a renaissance throwback year. Like like you said, like Jake McGee is not going to turn heads with some of the numbers that he's put up recently, especially this season. 7.17 year, right? But the last couple of years before that, he was a decent reliever. Now, do I expect him to come in and all of a sudden be like, Hey, Devin Williams, get out of my way. <laughs> yeah, airbender, I'm, move it. Yeah, I'm the setup guy. Or, hey, Boxberger, Don't get you know out who of my I am? way. Who do you think I'm you are? I am guy. one of those things. Hey, Josh Hader, take a hike. I'm the closer yeah. now. I'm Jake F. and McGee. No, but I do think this is like a, it's a low risk, high reward type play. I mean, it's an older reliever. He fits that bill, doesn't he? 13 in Major League Baseball career, uh, the bulk of it. Being he's a, 35 a reliable years old. reliever. 
But I think one of the things, if you look at the three guys that the Brewers currently have, seventh, eighth, ninth inning, Brad Boxberger was a former Mm all-star. Brad Boxberger was a former closer. Mm -hmm. Devin Williams is an all-star this season, and it looks like in you know, the future, he's going to be a closer. Pretty good. Josh Hader, we all know he's a closer and an all-star. Jake McGee kind of throws his hat into that. Now, he's never been an all-star, though he maybe might have missed close, near near all-star bids for a few years. He's had some good seasons in the past. He's kind of like a Brad Boxberger, where Boxberger had some really good years before coming to the Brewers. But they were like five years ago, and all of a sudden he found himself again as a brewer. Throw Jake McGee in that pitching lab for maybe a couple weeks, see what he's got, and worst-case scenario, he's back out on the street. Yeah, 35, going to be 36 next month. Uh, Quote, been a reliable reliever for the bulk of his career. In addition to last year's strong work, he was flat out dominant with the Dodgers in 2020. During the shortened season, he posted a 2.66 ERA while striking out north of 40% of batters faced. Yeah, I mean, he's he's Jake been F. a good McGee. reliever. In 2021, Ebo, he saved 31 games for the Giants. The bee's knees, Mr. McGee. And again, he's going to be, if he is Jake McGee, the good version of Jake McGee, he's going to be like your sixth inning man or your alternate seventh inning. Is this like, the Brewers move, Rowdy? This is, the, again, this isn't they had a something I would consider them being like, oh, some big time move, but it, it's... It could be a high reward. If all of a sudden you got a, a second Brad Boxberger, I what, think everyone would be okay with that. What's the biggest move the Brewers have made in this stretch of uh, playoff appearances here in the last four years? What's the Mike Moustakis. At the trade deadline? Is that the only one? That's the biggest one. Well, I mean, yeah, the, that's what I mean. Like, Other than that, is it just relief pitchers? Mike Moustakis is the biggest name that they have moved on since 2018. And it was, yeah, you know, tw- Trying to think anyone else. I mean, there's been other trades. There just no one had a huge name that carried that much weight like Mike Moustakis. Yeah, the Brewers, this will probably do you think they're gonna do anything? I wanna see him add. Well, we all sort same, but do you do think I, they're going to? I don't think you can I don't think you can seriously look your fans in the eyes and say, you know what? They've done We're it. World Series contenders with Jonathan Davis playing center field. They kind of look their fans in the face every trade deadline outside of that moose here. And so say, they add Jake McGee. I do like what, that. What else add. do they do? That's one reliever. This is what they're not going to do anything. I, I think I could see them adding another middle aged reliever that's got all right numbers, and then like a Ben Attendee. We'll see. I, I hope something happens. But well, I mean, always stand pat. Time's ticking. We got what about a August little over 2nd. a week? August second's the date. So we had a very interesting conversation last week. Uh, Who would you rather take on the Packers? Would it be? Or who would you rather have as a, a quarterback, not in the Packers, but as a quarterback, Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins? It got me thinking over the weekend uh, about this Packers team, and I wanted to get a little Twitter poll out there, have some fun as we're in kind of the doldrums of the summer. I think you got your guy Devontae Adams listening too. I definitely did because you see, you see, we'll get to these Devontae Adams comments <laughs> coming up. Devontae Adams, sometimes the best thing to do is just not keep talking because you start digging yourself a deeper hole. Yep. Did, did you read these comments yeah. from Devontae? We'll get to it. I'll explain uh, in the 7 o'clock hour. I was gone last week, but I'd rather have Derek Carr. So, I, we, I said Derek Carr. RJ, yeah. did you? You said Derek Carr. Yep. Ben Kenny went with one Kirk Cousins, and then the poll was a landslide, Derek Carr, for half the show. And then Vikings Twitter 
decided to wake up and they found the Twitter poll and they started going ham on it. Kirk Cousins actually won the poll, but all of the Vikings Twitter fan base uh, came out of the woodworks to like quote tweet it and do everything in their power to get Kirk Cousins in the poll. What year in Kirk Cousins' career was he ever a true MVP contender? The silence is deafening. <laughs> Derek Carr has been actually in the talks at what? Probably f- five, six years ago yeah. when he first had his huge season. He was kind of out as a dark horse. Yeah. And then recently he's played extremely well. Come on. I was thinking about this then with the Green Bay Packers. Just a fun little topic. Just and a, I was a never, thinker. I never played college football with him. I was never nope. his roommate or his best friend. Nope. And I'm still saying he's better than Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. It's not close. Uh, we'll get to those Devontae Adams comments coming up. I mean, but you I was, have eyes, though. I do. Yeah. And I, I watch. I identify. Well, you know what's a good t- uh, uh, case study here? <laughs> Dave from Monona, who doesn't have eyes, yeah. would love to know what he would think. Because we do the eye test. What's uh, Dave do? He does... He- that's called the, the sniff test. The sniff. <laughs> he can listen to games. <laughs> well, it's the theater of the mind. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, if you don't have eyes, Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins, Dave from another the ball is in your court. No, but I was thinking about this when it comes to quarterbacks. If you were to take Aaron Rodgers off the Green Bay Packers and start thinking about this, well, I'll get a Twitter poll out, just a little fun little topic on a Monday. If you were to take Aaron Rodgers off the Green Bay Packers and you could pick any quarterback from the NFC North, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater, or you stick with Jordan Love, who would be your best bet at a successful season with the Green Bay Packers? Teddy Bridgewater? Or what did I, Justin Fields, excuse me. Who would be your best bet? Give me Justin Fields. At winning the uh, the NFC North and having a successful season with the Green Bay Packers roster that is Give me Justin compiled. Fields. I'll put the Twitter poll out coming up. I just answered it. Oh. So RJ's going with ceiling. I'm gonna take the, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take my floor and go with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I've been thinking, so we'll we'll dive more into it and explain what it is and uh, get the Twitter poll out there. But I was thinking about that with the Kirk Cousins versus uh, Derek Carr thing. And then looking at the NFC North, you take Aaron Rodgers off the Green Bay Packers roster. Um, and then I'm going to do another follow-up. Like, could they win the NFC? Could, Rowdy, could they win the NFC North with Kirk Cousins? Packers roster, but with Kirk Cousins. Easily. Justin Fields, but it with is, Packers wait, roster. Wait, wait, wait. Is Aaron Rodgers in the division? Is he just not playing? He, he's like gone. He just doesn't exist. Like poof. And he's, if, they snap they if they didn't have an Aaron Rodgers, I'd I'd easily take so, a Kirk Cousins to play quarterback. If he snapped his fingers, just Rodgers. Okay, gonna, just Rodgers. It's half. It's not just, a third. It's just Rodgers. Kirk Cousins a quarter, is a solid quarterback. He's not an MVP candidate. He's a solid quarterback. He's not terrible. He's not special. But he's a durable, solid quarterback. If, if if Aaron Rodgers wasn't a thing or if Brett Favre wasn't a thing, Green Bay Packer fans would take Kirk Cousins in a heartbeat. Look at the alternatives that they've had. Yeah, it ain't good. Some yeah. guys tear their groin one series in. Yeah. All or the guys you, describe themselves as statistically not great. like the... Mm. The Lions or the Bears, where the, the Lions line. couldn't find a quarterback for the longest time until Matthew Stafford, or the yeah, Bears are still like looking. The 1950s. Yeah, the Bears are still <laughs> looking. All right, Dougie, you were wondering about Kate Bush's running up that hill saying that song sounds like it could be remade today. Well, an artist already did it a couple years ago. Meg Myers, before Stranger Things got a hold of it, got running up the hill. So there you go. Which quarterback from the NFC North would win the division with the Packers roster if Aaron Rodgers wasn't there? Jared Goff, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, or Jordan Love? Kirk Cousins leading the way 58% of the vote, but surprise here, 
Jordan Love is second with 27% of the vote. Justin Fields third. Jared Goff last. Rowdy, you voted, and very quickly, was Kirk Cousins, correct? Yeah, I think this is a pretty easy pretty easy answer. RJ, you said Justin Fields. Yep, going with the, the higher upside. The higher upside. Now, there is a better offensive line for the Green Bay Packers, than even though David Bakhtiari is on the pup list. Yep. Uh, Elton Jenkins as well. But there is a better line in Green Bay than there is Chicago. And Justin probably Fields. a better overall running game. Definitely. Yeah, th- yeah, overall running game. Wide receivers, though, is a different topic. I think both, if both of them are like, yeah. if we're looking at this list, I already said that I'm taking Kirk Cousins and I don't think it's really close. I mean, you look at the four guys, Kirk Cousins is clearly the best quarterback on this list. Like Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. Yeah. He's just not great. He's just not an MVP. Jared Goff is middle of the road at best. And then Almost you have fields. Yeah, you have fields and love who are <laughs> two young defense. quarterbacks, not a lot of experience, the higher ceiling types. But if I'm going to list in order who I would want, Kirk Cousins is first. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Number two, I'm probably going to go with Justin Fields because of if he's on the Packers, it means he's got a good offensive line. This mm-hmm. is supposed to be a good defense. The Bears' offensive line was so bad last Terrible. year. He was running around for his life. Plus, it'll be he doesn't have continuity with quarterback coaches, head coaches. It's all brand new again this year. I would take Justin Fields because Justin Fields has literally been the second best quarterback his entire life. I don't mean that as a diss. I'm saying that as coming out of high school, he was the number two recruit. Uh Do you know who number one was? Who? Trevor Lawrence. Uh Coming out of college, he was the number two prospect at quarterback. Do you know who number one was? Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Do you know who Trevor Lawrence was in the same breath as when he was coming out of high school and college? It was the Andrew Luck, John Elways. He's the can't miss prospect. Can't miss. Justin Fields was number two to him and clearly better than everybody else. I think Justin Fields would be number two. And then to be completely honest, from what I've seen from Jordan Love and Jared Goff, I know Jordan Love's career hasn't necessarily went <laughs> as planned with the COVID and the practices and all the weird, you know, the injury where he missed uh, preseason. Yep. I'm probably going to play it safe and go with Goff. I just haven't seen enough from Love. And at the same time, when he has played, Hasn't impressed. So let me ask you guys this then. Uh, <laughs> it's not impressed. Well, let's say, let's take Kirk Cousins. He's had, he's had games to play in. Mm-hmm. Would is Rowdy Jordan Love is where on your list? Is he last or is he? Yeah, he's last. Even over a Jared like a Jared Goff. Jared, a veteran. I know what I'm he's getting. A veteran. Jared you know what Goff. I, get with I know what yeah. I'm getting. It's not great. That's but why not, I look at this list. I see awful. I see Jordan Love in this list, and I'm and he's second. I'm like, what? Those are Packer fans. Well, uh, technically he's not sex because people are voting for Jordan Love to, to be the guy to lead the Packers to win the NFC North or the rest of the teams, i.e. the crazy well, we've, we've seen him start a game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs at that time were just starting to turn that defense around and play better football, but they managed, what was it, three points? Yeah. They lost, was it 10-3 to three, if I remember correctly? It was terrible. I think Jordan Love finally started getting going with like five minutes left in the fourth quarter. We hey. saw him play half of a half of a game against the Lions. Jordan Love has literally done nothing to make you be like, that's my guy. He has looked decent in 
one and a half preseason games. He looked, he actually looked good. I would say against the Buffalo bills where it was the Packers twos and threes playing the bills ones. If you remember (laughs) all the way back to that. And he led a couple of the drives where Mason Crosby missed a field goal. He got, that was when they were pulling the tight end and the tight end bumped into him and then someone stepped on (laughs) him and then he was like falling backwards and he heaved it like 35 yards downfield showing off that he does have a cannon, but it was a terrible decision because the play was just basically effed from the start. (laughs) Yeah. And then he made a bad decision and threw it away in the back of the end zone and got picked, but he led like three or four drives down into the red zone and looked pretty good doing it with backups against a good Buffalo Bill defense. But other than that, everything else that I've seen from Jordan Love, it, it hasn't been anything much. where I'm like, you know what? I think we should trade Aaron Rodgers because we got one in Jordan Love. We got one, guys. Look, we should be looking at uh, some other quarterbacks uh, ASAP because Jordan Love, I don't think that guy is it. And I was high on Jordan Love when he was getting drafted. Just not getting traded up to get him, right? Yeah, I said I thought that uh, he probably had the second highest ceiling in the draft that year. But one, I didn't want the Packers to draft him. And two, I didn't think that they would draft him. Mm-hmm. I thought they were pretty set with Aaron Rodgers coming off of that. I think Aaron Rodgers thought the same thing, too, yeah. that they were pretty set with him. All right, so flip it on its head then. All right, looking at these other teams, then let's say Aaron Rodgers, you got to plug him in on one of these teams then. Does Aaron Rodgers make the playoffs with the Lions roster? Does Aaron Rodgers make the playoffs with the Bears roster? Does Aaron Rodgers make the playoffs with the Vikings roster? Vikings for sure. I, I mean, I think you can plug him in in a lot of places and he'll win. Just let's look just at the NFC North. Does Aaron Rodgers make the Detroit Lions a playoff contender if he is the starting quarterback for them? Judging by how that team fought for their coach last year, I think you put Aaron Rodgers on that team. They win uh, a lot more of the one possession games that they lost, yeah. and they do make the playoffs. Rowdy, I think I'd agree with. Uh, RJ on that one, I think they they wouldn't be a good team. Don't uh, right. not going to get that confused, but I think they could sneak in as a wild card. Bears, no, yeah, not with what they had at coach. Rogers would tank to get rid of him. Well, well, this is my reasoning <laughs> on on why I don't think they would make it. That we know that the Bears have been built on defense for like forever, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That defense lost pieces. It's not going to be a bad beat defense, but it's not going to be as good as what it has been lately or like a normal Chicago Bear defense. The running back position, yeah, they have Montgomery. They have a few pieces, but it's not like it's the same running backs he has in Green Bay, which is arguably the best tandem in, or duo in football. Correct. And then you look at the wide receiver position out, outside of Darnell Mooney. Who are you throwing the football to? A lot of those guys like are in the, jail right now. Yeah, like he has better chemistry with the current Packers. Well, and the are. current Packers aren't good, but they're actually better than the Bears receiver. Like if the if the Packers wide receiver core is bottom five right now, the Bears could be the bottom. Yeah, again, there's been two arrests in their wide receiver core as well over this offseason. And at tight end, I know Cole Komet, they spent, what was it, a second-round pick on him? They have high hopes for him. He's been, eh. Nah. He's, it's, not like, it's not like he's any better than Tunyon. I would take Tunyon head-to-head. I think I know why Jordan Love is second in this Twitter poll. I'm going to have to do it in the 8 o'clock hour. Jordan Love released a hype video ahead of training camp. Yes. Well, Jordan Love released a hype Video on Twitter. To, to finish these thoughts on on uh, Aaron Rodgers on other teams. Yeah. Yes to the Lions. No to the Bears because they're actually worse. I think at every single position on the offense 
than the Green Bay Packers. And that line would be a big thing. I think you get a lot of eye rolls from Aaron Rodgers if you had to play with that team. And then the defense is going to be worse than yeah. it was even last year. So no, Vikings, obviously, yes. But to complete your thought on what you just mentioned with Jordan Love, if I know anything about releasing hype videos when you think you got it, don't do it. You're talking about Yelly? I'm talking about two released hype videos from Christian Yelich Yelly. where he Texas. played well and then took a dump. Because <laughs> yep. Texas is back. Um, News of the weird coming up. <laughs> we'll get to this hype video for Jordan Love. But first, line one, good morning. Who's this? Got your Maytag, man. This Whoa. Morning. You well, well, well. Oh, my, my, my. Hey. What's up, Zach? Nelson, Nelson, you made a fantastic point there with the Bears offensive line. They would get Rodgers killed back there. That That may be... If not the worst, the second worst offensive line in in, in the National Football League, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I remember talking to a bunch of my friends back in Pittsburgh who were saying, "Oh, Rogers is going to come to Pittsburgh. Rogers is going to come come to Pittsburgh." And I, I'm sitting there going, "Rogers has wants nothing to do with that offensive line. Nothing. If there's those two offensive lines, may be two of the worst in the league." And they would get Rodgers killed if he played behind there. His, his career would not be as long as Tom Brady's because that's what he wants, right? He, Rodgers wants to play into his 40. He wants to play a long time. And playing behind a really bad offensive line is not going to get him there. Well, look at what Justin Fields had to do. And he is seen as a more athletic, younger quarterback. He had to run for his life behind that offensive line last year. We know watching Aaron Rodgers, it's not like he's slow, but it's he's not as agile as he was 10 years ago, and that's just father time. Yeah. Right. Adapt. That, that, that's exactly it. Yeah, you, you can't have a, a guy back there who can throw the ball downfield who needs time in the pocket to, to, to launch the ball. The Bears won't give Justin Fields time. They wouldn't give Aaron Rodgers time. They wouldn't give anybody the time that they need, and and that's problematic. Five and a half. What was it six and a half for Vegas for the Bears? I don't remember, but it, it wasn't it was, high. It was. Well, well, you have Justin I, Fields going in public like a month ago we're saying, not ready. we're not ready to play football. We have a new <laughs> head coach. Yeah, we're still trying to learn stuff. Six we're and a half, ready. over or under. They're, they're going to have double-digit losses. Easy for easy, the Bears this year. Easy, easy. easy. Hey, love take, you man. guys. Much love, baby. Mwah. We'll see you guys. See you, buddy. Bye. Good stuff there. Easy, easy. All right, news of the weird coming up, boys. Something that has to do with uh, a crusade we're against is the uh, the advancement of AI, the robots, before they become self-aware and take us over. Sure, they're trying. Yeah. Well, what was it? What you know? Just kind of since Scott's the Iron Man, what is it? Easy like Sunday morning. Yep. Sunday morning is probably like Justin Fields' nightmare. Actually, knowing that he has to get behind and, and run for his life every single Sunday. I'm going to bitch about some instant replay momentarily. First, just checking in on our Twitter poll at Zone Madison on the Twitter sphere. Which quarterback from the NFC North would win the division with the Packers roster? If Aaron Rodgers wasn't there, 56% of the vote going with Kirk Cousins. Jordan Love and Justin Fields tied at second, and Jared Goff firmly last with 6%. I would put Jordan Love last. Last, Rowdy. Jared Goff, 
No, the guy was in a Super Bowl, was he not? He didn't win, but, I mean, he has played in playoff games and a Super Bowl game, like you said. Yeah. Uh, Jared Goff. Jordan Love's been struggling to get into preseason games. <laughs> Jordan Love. Uh, we'll talk uh, some interesting comments about quarterbacks from one former Packer, Devontae Adams, coming up at the 9 o'clock hour. Uh, but first, Rowdy, uh, the Brewers kind of lucky over some instant replay. You also uh, found out that you had, what, MLB extra was the extra innings package? Yeah, I don't know if it's just like some trial run over the All-Star break, you know, because he had that full week yeah. or what. But randomly while I was on vacation and was surfing the channels, found MLB extra innings package where you get like almost every single team's broadcast. Except? Except you can't watch the Brewers because you're still out of market, so it's blacked out. Stupidest thing ever. But during this, you saw some also some oh, yeah, I was intriguing around, instant replay. Watching a ton of different baseball games, maybe a full game here, or three innings there. Sure. Instant replay just needs to go. Yeah, it's terrible. They, it can't, just, they can't get the call right ever. The only thing I want instant replay for in Major League Baseball is home runs, whether it's fair or foul, whether it's over the fence or if it hit below the fence. That's it. No more instant replay. I I don't need to see it. I don't want robo umps because, like I said, they can be hacked. I'm sure there'll be a malfunctioning system at some point. Strangle somebody. I like the fact that the managers get out there. They get animated. They get in the umpire's face. The umpire gets animated. He's telling you to go take a hike. But the instant replay, it serves zero purpose. They literally can't get the call right ever. Friday night, when the Brewers threw it down to third base, and Luis Arias was, well, sorry, Willie Adamas threw it from shortstop to third base, and it was an awful throw, and Luis Arias was falling back and had to reach the tag out, and he kind of just put it towards the Rockies' uh, base runner's chest, and the ba- uh, Rockies' base runner basically just extended his arms and like kind of like, sucked his chest in mm-hmm. so he wasn't tagged. He was clearly on the base before he was even tagged. Ump gets it out. Okay, maybe the ump had a bad angle. I get it. But you go to replay because it was challenged. Yeah. You clearly see on replay that the Rockies guy is on third base before he's tagged. They stick with the out. Okay, it helps the, the Brewers. We'll take it. Brewers might not have won if that was called safe. I'll take it though. And take but it. I'm watching the I'm watching the Texas Ranger Oakland Athletic game yesterday afternoon. Marcus Simeon's on second base, two outs. Paul Blackburn goes to pick him off. The ball beats him to the base. There's yeah. no doubt about it. It was a good move. He was leaning going towards third. It beat him to the base. But the clown at second base didn't <laughs> tag him. He didn't tag him. Didn't tag him. He didn't tag him. Didn't tag him. He literally caught the baseball. It beat Simeon to the base. He didn't take him. He just left the glove right in front of the base. Simeon goes around it. He's clearly safe. And then while he's kind of sliding and his body's angling, then the guy puts the tag on his hip. Like two seconds after Simeon is a back on second base, they go to replay because it's it's called out. And now from the umpire's point of view on that one, from where he was at and how the play, I could see how he wouldn't have seen Simeon already on the base from that angle that he was in. Yeah. But you went to replay because you called him out. He's clearly safe. They go and they come back from re- replay and they're like, well, after review, the call stands. How? How? <laughs> I never so what was it they implemented in what was it 2014 as they implemented instant replay? Now remember when they first implemented instant replay? Like, the, I wonder if I'm going blind. If I, I am just I the got, one taking crazy people, pills? I just went to spring and got my eyes rechecked. 
He's they're clearly safer out. Yes. And you have multiple camera angles and then they go to New York for people to look at it too. So Rowdy, I'm pretty sure when they first debuted instant replay, the Milwaukee Brewers were the subject of just complete jackassery from New York and Major League Baseball. When the Brewers made their run to the NLCS, that was the year where they won 20% of their challenges. 20%. And they what were was the league de- average? They were dead last. The league average was like 48 and change, which makes sense that it would be about 50-50, right? Yeah. They're 50-50. Because you have so many cameras, you know, get all the angles. Bang, bang, calls. Umpire gets those closest calls right maybe half the time. I get it. That makes sense. You win about 50% of your challenges. That was like the league average. The Brewers were dead last at 20%. And they were egregious. It was like... I remember watching that season, like, ripping my hair out. They would be. They would say the, the say the Brewers beat one into the ground between second and or between shortstop and third base, and it was a tough throw. And clearly, the guy beats it, and he's safe. They go. They call him out. They go and review it. He's there. It's like the ball's still like three <laughs> feet from the glove, and they still call him out. Yeah, and you're like, how? What? What? What have the Brewers done to deserve this? Yeah, or the reverse. It was like the Brewers player made a nice play and threw the guy out by half a step. Gets replayed. Somehow, the guy's safe. It makes, or they, they still say he's safe. It made no sense. They got hosed almost every hosed time the they hosers. went to a replay. Yeah. And Craig Council was sitting there disheveled, didn't know what to think. That's the one time I agree with them. Yeah. I wouldn't know what to think either. I'd probably blow up and have to get ejected. Got to bring Shock, some no life. No way. Shocking you. Got to bring blow some up. life to the game. Yeah. Can't just sit there and scratch your head. Duh. But yeah, that was ridiculous. That 2018 year, I'll never forget it. It were like 20%. Was terrible. League average was just under 50. And you would go and look at... And it was it's like, are we watching the same angles that New York it is watching? It was like Major League Baseball did not want the Brewers to win that yeah. season. Oh, yeah. And if you remember, there was another game. I still might have it saved on my phone where it was getting to the nitty gritty because remember it went to game 163 with the Cubs? Mm -hmm. Cubs were the lovable losers that won in 2016. Meh. And then they were supposed to be good in 17. They kind of had a flub, but the the Cubs were supposed to be back. Remember that was when they were supposed to have their dynasty? The Bryants, the Rizzos, all of those teams. Oh, I remember. They were doing everything in their power to have the Cubs win. I have the picture on my phone. <laughs> I have the evidence. Where the Rockies. Trust me, Rowdy one, never forgets. Where the Rockies hit a ball to second baseman. They had a runner on first, and it was kind of in the hole between first and second. The guy made a nice backhanded play and turned to throw it to Baez at shortstop. The ball is clearly still in the air, not even to Baez, as the guy's sliding into first base because I screenshot it. <laughs> They still called him out. They had a replay and still called him out. He was safe by like six feet. Bro, you're getting a couple of messages. It sounds like you need to take a vacation. I still have some days. <laughs> so do I. Going to Vegas, by the way, this week. Oh, yes, Rowdy. That's where my dad's at. Your dad's in Vegas? He's going to lay the land for me? What's he doing out there? Gambling? All the life savings? He's away? out there for like a week. Is he treasure hunting? No, he's going out to California and then Vegas. And- Hell yeah, Raj. Hell yeah.